Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm glad that you have returned today as we continue to study the Word of God uh, with one another. Again, starting this kind of general study of not anything in particular, but just looking at various topics and various Bible passages. And one of the one of the first things that came to my mind when planning out these different uh, segments, of course, as we looked at on Wednesday, is the love that God has for us. But the other thing that almost immediately came to my mind is the purpose of life. A lot of people have these three common questions of how did I get here, why am I here, and where am I going? And especially with, the, with all of those questions, people who are deemed to be very wise and very intelligent, and to a large degree they are, have spent the majority, if not all of their lives, trying to answer those questions, and especially answering the question of why am I here? There have been many men, many philosophers, and again, theologians, things of that nature that have spent countless hours trying to figure out why we are here and the purpose of our existence. And they, unfortunately, always fall short and are never really able to give a, a satisfactory answer. Though they are extremely wise in in a lot of respects, they unfortunately don't have the wisdom to answer that question. But there is somebody who does. And of course, that is ultimately God. But there is, I think, of a particular man who God inspired and gave wisdom to, to answer that question. And that man is Solomon. If you look at 2 Corinthians, or not 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 1, uh, we read in verses 7 through 13 about Solomon asking for wisdom. We see there, starting in verse 7, In that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David my father, and have made him king in, and have made me king in his place. O Lord, let your word to David, my father, be now fulfilled. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings who were before you and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gideon, at Gibeon, from before the tent of Medan to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and as we see here, God grants that to Solomon. In fact, uh, in other passages where this is recorded, it, it makes the statement that there was going to be no one like Solomon after him, before him or after him, because of the wisdom that he possessed, because it was given to him by God. And so what we have here is a divine statement 
in essence saying that Solomon is the wisest man to have ever lived. Of course, the only exception to that would be Christ. Because Christ was not just merely a man, he was God in the flesh. But of all of those who are mere men, Solomon is by far the wisest to have ever lived. And if we look at his life and we look at his work and particularly his writings, he, he ultimately gives us the purpose of life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, there in chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, a very familiar passage with most Bible students. There Solomon says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is at the very end of the book of Ecclesiastes. He has basically documented his life throughout the book of various things that he tried to find purpose and joy and pleasure in, but as he makes the point throughout the book, all of those things were vain. And so he gets to the end and he says, let's hear the conclusion. He says, okay, after all of this, what's the point? What's, what is the meaning of all of these things? What is the takeaway? He says, to fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He is saying, Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, inspired by God to write these things, he says the whole purpose of life is to serve God, is to fear Him and to keep His commandments because, as he says there in verse 14, everything that we do is going to be brought in to the day of judgment. Now that can go well for us if we fear God and keep His commandments, or that can go poorly for us if we reject God and refuse to submit to Him. But ultimately, that's our decision. But when we're trying to answer that question of why am I here, what is my purpose in life, and that's a question many people ask, and, and a lot of people feel lost in their lives. They feel like they don't really have any direction. Well, what is our relationship with God like? Are we fearing Him and keeping His commandments? Are we fulfilling that very basic purpose of our life? Even Christ in the New Testament talks about how this really is our purpose in life. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, He says, To seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus, of course, making the point that our top priority should be God in everything that we do in where we choose to worship, in what we choose to wear, and how we speak, and how we behave, all of these aspects of our life, every aspect of our life, should be dictated by what we see in God's Word. He should come first because that's our purpose in life, to serve Him. Christ also says there in Luke chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 25, <clears throat> Now the crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even in his own life he cannot be my disciple he goes on to continue to make this point down through verse 33 but i think especially what he says in verse 26 there it's very close to home for a lot of people he is saying there is absolutely nothing in this life that can come before him, not even our family. And he uses that word hate. Does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers, sisters, yes, and even his own life. And 
a lot of people will think that that is is strange because you know we see so much about love about loving one another and 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 putting one another before ourselves all of these things we see it's very clear that teaching that we are to have love for all people and so now that Christ is saying that we're supposed to hate them it, it can cause confusion but when we put those two things together the message of what Christ is saying becomes clear. In essence, what he is saying is that we have, we cannot love father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, or ourselves more than him. When using that word hate, he is saying we have to love all of those things less than him. They cannot come before him in our lives. And so when we're thinking about this idea and this question of why are we here, what is the purpose of our existence, again, these things that philosophers and theologians and even scientists have, have spent decades, if not hundreds, even possibly thousands of years trying to figure out, God tells us the answer. He says our purpose is to serve Him. Our purpose is to put Him first. And if we do that, when we stand before him, that's going to be brought out and we're going to be rewarded because we fulfilled our purpose in life. I thank you for your time and for your attention here today. I hope that this has been beneficial, been an encouragement, been a good reminder for you uh, to always put God first and, and to fulfill that purpose that we all have in life. I hope that you'll come back on Monday as we'll continue looking at various topics and passages that we see in Scripture. Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm glad that you have returned today as we continue to study the Word of God uh, with one another. Again, starting this kind of general study of not anything in particular, but just looking at various topics and various Bible passages and one of the one of the first things that came to my mind when planning out these different uh, segments of course as we looked at on Wednesday is the love that God has for us but the other thing that almost immediately came to my mind is the purpose of life a lot of people have these three common questions of how did I get here? Why am I here? And where am I going? And especially with, the, with all of those questions, people who are deemed to be very wise and very intelligent, and to a large degree they are, have spent the majority, if not all, of their lives trying to answer those questions, and especially answering the question of why am I here? There have been many men, many philosophers, and again, theologians, things of that nature that have spent countless hours trying to figure out why we are here and the purpose of our existence. And they, unfortunately, always fall short and are never really able to give a, a satisfactory answer. Though they are extremely wise in in a lot of respects they unfortunately don't have the wisdom to answer that question but there is somebody who does and of course that is ultimately God but there is I think of a particular man who God inspired and gave wisdom to to answer that question 
and that man is Solomon. If you look at 2 Corinthians, or not 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 1, uh, we read in verses 7 through 13 about Solomon asking for wisdom. We see there, starting in verse 7, In that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David my father, and have made him king in, and have made me king in his place. O Lord, let your word to David my father be now fulfilled, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can govern this people of yours which is so great? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings who were before you and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gideon, at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and as we see here, God grants that to Solomon. In fact, in other passages where this is recorded, it makes the statement that there was going to be no one like Solomon after him, before him or after him, because of the wisdom that he possessed, because it was given to him by God. And so what we have here is a divine statement in essence, saying that Solomon is the wisest man to have ever lived. Of course, the only exception to that would be Christ. Because Christ was not just merely a man, he was God in the flesh. But of all of those who are mere men, Solomon is by far the wisest to have ever lived. And if we look at his life and we look at his work and particularly his writings... He, he ultimately gives us the purpose of life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, there in chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, a very familiar passage with most Bible students. There Solomon says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is at the very end of the book of Ecclesiastes. He has basically documented his life throughout the book of various things that he tried to find purpose and joy and pleasure in, but as he makes the point throughout the book, all of those things were vain. And so he gets to the end and he says, let's hear the conclusion. He says, okay, after all of this, what's the point? What's, what is the meaning of all of these things? What is the takeaway? He says, to fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He is saying Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, inspired by God to write these things, he says the whole purpose of life is to serve God, is to fear Him and to keep His commandments because, as he says there in verse 14, everything that we do is going to be brought in to the day of judgment. Now that can go well for us if we fear God and keep His commandments, or that can go poorly for us if we reject God and refuse to submit to Him. But ultimately, that's our decision. 
But when we're trying to answer that question of why am I here, what is my purpose in life, and that's a question many people ask, and, and a lot of people feel lost in their lives. They feel like they don't really have any direction. Well, what is our relationship with God like? Are we fearing Him and keeping His commandments? Are we fulfilling that very basic purpose of our life? Even Christ in the New Testament talks about how this really is our purpose in life. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, He says, To seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus, of course, making the point that our top priority should be God in everything that we do in where we choose to worship, in what we choose to wear, and how we speak, and how we behave, all of these aspects of our life, every aspect of our life, should be dictated by what we see in God's Word. He should come first because that's our purpose in life, to serve Him. Christ also says there in Luke chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 25, Now the crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even in his own life he cannot be my disciple he goes on to continue to make this point down through verse 33 but i think especially what he says in verse 26 there it's very close to home for a lot of people He is saying there is absolutely nothing in this life that can come before him, not even our family. And he uses that word hate. Does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers, sisters, yes, and even his own life. And a lot of people will think that that is is strange because, you know, we see so much about love, about loving one another and, and, and... and putting one another before ourselves, all of these things we see, it's very clear that teaching that we are to have love for all people. And so now that Christ is saying that we're supposed to hate them, it, it can cause confusion. But when we put those two things together, the message of what Christ is saying becomes clear. In essence, what he is saying is that we, have, we cannot love father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, or ourselves more than him. When using that word hate, he is saying we have to love all of those things less than him. They cannot come before him in our lives. And so when we're thinking about this idea and this question of why are we here, what is the purpose of our existence, again, these things that philosophers and theologians and even scientists have have spent decades, if not hundreds, even possibly thousands of years trying to figure out, God tells us the answer. He says our purpose is to serve Him. Our purpose is to put Him first. And if we do that, when we stand before Him, that's going to be brought out and we're going to be rewarded because we fulfilled our purpose in life. I thank you for your time and for your attention here today. I hope that this has been beneficial, been an encouragement, been a good reminder for you. Uh, to always put God first and, and to fulfill that purpose that we all have in life. I hope that you'll come back on Monday as we'll continue looking at various topics and passages that we see in Scripture.